love. Let's come back around to the topic again. As I was preparing for the sermon for this week, earlier I was, uh, in, the, in the week I was struck by this quote, and it kept ringing in my ears as I was doing my sermon preparation. And here's the quote. We learn how to love, not by being told to love, but by being loved. We learn how to love, not by being told to love, but by being loved. So I was saying to myself in my study, I'm like, okay, don't just tell them to love. Don't stand up here and just say, go, love God, love people, because you don't learn how to love by being told to love. You learn how to love by being loved. So I thought, how can I show them that they are loved? And so what I want us to do is show you how you were loved by Jesus when he was born some 2,000 years ago in Bethlehem. I think he demonstrates his love to us all day, every day, if we have the eyes to see it. He demonstrated his love to us, certainly on the cross, which we have celebrated. He demonstrates his love to us with each sunrise and sunset, with each snowflake that falls from heaven. These are all demonstrations of his love, if we have the eyes to see and the hearts to appreciate them. But specifically, this this morning, let's look at Christmas time at the baby in the manger. We'll look at Luke chapter 2, verse 7. Just one verse out of this beautiful story of Jesus' birth It's a famous verse. Luke 2, 7 says this, And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And just from that one verse, I want us to see a picture of how Jesus loved us. He loved us in vulnerability as he was born a baby. He loved us in discomfort as there was no room in the inn and he was laid in a manger And he loved us in submission as somehow the God of the universe submitted to those swaddling clothes. So I want us to see the baby in vulnerability. I want us to see the manger with discomfort. And I want to see the swaddling clothes as submission. And so as we look at the baby in the manger, we see vulnerability. Jesus chose to enter the world vulnerable. Love is vulnerability. Vulnerability is defined in the dictionary as capable of being physically or emotionally wounded, open to attack or damage. The ability, the capable, capable of being physically or emotionally wounded. Now let's just put a disclaimer here for the whole sermon. It is impossible for us as human beings to comprehend fully how God can come in human form and be fully God and fully man simultaneously. And that is what we believe. It's really one of the foundations of our faith. Jesus is fully God and fully man. How can that be? Because God can't take a risk. God can't be vulnerable, really, if you like a real strict definition of vulnerability, but a strict definition of being a human being, you can't have the human experience and not experience vulnerability and risk. So we're just admitting at the front, I don't understand how these things come together perfectly, and maybe in heaven we'll have a little bit fuller understanding of the incarnation But in the meantime, we sit and wonder and meditate on how Jesus could come into the world as the creator of the universe and be there in a manger, the creator of the world who spoke the world into existence can't form a word. The one who created food can't feed himself. The one who comforts us has to be picked up by his mother and comforted. 
the sustainer of all things, had to be picked up because he couldn't move, he couldn't crawl, he couldn't walk. Because Jesus loves you. You know what? Jesus doesn't just tell you he loves you. He says, you know what? I'll show you I love you. You know how I'll show you that I love you? I will become the picture of vulnerability. I will be an infant exposed to all the elements, exposed to all the human experience, and I will become vulnerable. Why? Because I want a relationship with you. Because I want to connect with you. So Jesus, or God, was willing to be vulnerable so that he could connect with you. Are you willing to be vulnerable so that you can connect with him? So that's how a relationship works. Are you willing to exchange that vulnerability with him? Are you vulnerable with God? Are you open with him? Do you share with him? Do you let him into every area of your life? Or are you closed off with him? Do you only share certain things with him? Do you only let him into certain areas of your life? You're happy for God to play a part in your Sunday mornings, but you'd really rather he not show up Saturday night. Now, the illustration has been used a number of times, and I'll repeat it now. Imagine your heart or your life as a house. And Jesus says, I stand at the door and knock. And you've gone to that door and you've opened it and you said, Jesus, come into my house. Come into my life. Jesus says, can I have a tour of the house? You say, come on by. I'll give you a tour of the house. You take him into the living room, take him into the kitchen. And Jesus says, oh, what's that room over there? And you quickly shut the door and you say, well, Jesus, we're not going in that room today. That room's not quite ready for you. Jesus follows you on the rest of the tour. What's in that room? You close it. That's the bedroom, Jesus. And I don't really want you to see what's in there. And we have this sometimes unwillingness to be vulnerable with God, to let him into every area of our life. Meanwhile, let me just give you a little tip. I'm pretty sure in the illustration and in real life, he has like x-ray vision. Right? That's how silly we are sometimes. He knows what's in there. He knows where you were Friday night. Like he knows what's going on. But we don't want to be vulnerable. We don't want to let him into certain pockets of our life. Why? Well, maybe we're afraid that he's going to scold us. But I don't think that's the right way to think of it. I think you ought to think of it this way. He's standing at the door and he wants to come in and help us clean up the room. He wants us to come in and help us arrange the furniture, clean things up, and bring some life and some fullness and some light into this space. But as long as you keep him out of it because you're unwilling to be vulnerable and expose yourself or let him see what is there, then I don't know how you're going to make the progress that you want to make in that area of your life if you're not willing to be vulnerable and let him into it. He was willing to be vulnerable to have a relationship with you. Are you willing to be vulnerable with him so that you can have a relationship with him? And then we'll finish it out this way. Am I willing to be vulnerable so that I can connect with others? because we love God and we love others. Now there's a C.S. Lewis quote that has been used a lot, but I, you can't not share it in a moment like this. So here's what C.S. Lewis says. To love at all is to be vulnerable. Love anything and your heart will be wrung and possibly broken. If you wanna make sure of keeping it intact, you must give it to no one, not even an animal. Wrap it carefully round with hobbies and little luxuries. Avoid all entanglements. Lock it up safe in the closet or coffin of your selfishness. But in that casket, safe, dark, motionless, airless, it will change. It will not be broken. It will become unbreakable, impenetrable, irredeemable. To love is to be vulnerable. 
So show some love to some people this Christmas season. Be vulnerable. Maybe you need to be vulnerable emotionally. Maybe you need to go to a safe person in your life and you need to share with them how you are feeling and be vulnerable. Take a risk. Maybe you need to be vulnerable as it relates to your finances. Maybe that's in a pocket where you need to take a risk and give beyond what feels comfortable to you as you give. Maybe you need to be vulnerable with your time. We're all really busy. We all only have so much time. We have lists of things to do. We have cards to get out, presents to buy, parties to go to. But maybe if you really want to connect with God, maybe you could carve out some time and say, I'm going to take a risk. and I'm going to volunteer for this thing. I'm going to stand there. I'm going to ring the bell or I'm going to volunteer here. I'm going to do it. I'm going to be vulnerable with my time, with my finances, with my emotions, whatever it is for you in your chapter of your life. But we don't just want to hear God say to us, I love you. We want to see the baby in the manger and be like, oh, God loves me so much. He was willing to be vulnerable to have a relationship with me. I'm going to be vulnerable with him, and I'm going to be vulnerable with others as I love him and love others this Christmas season. He showed us his love through vulnerability as a baby, and then Jesus demonstrates his love to us in the discomfort of his birth. Discomfort. No room in the inn and laid in a manger, a feeding trough for animals. So we've all seen the pictures and the movies of his birth. We all understand it was a humble birth to young parents who were poor. There's a lot of discussion around like, well, was he born in a stable, or was he born in a cave, or was he born in a guest house? Like, where, where was he really born? But one thing we should all be able to agree on is he wasn't born where he should have been born. He was certainly born some step down from what normal would be. And it was a picture of discomfort to be laid in a feeding trough after you are born. And let's not forget about the fact that birth, even now in our modern hospitals, is not comfortable. Without diving into an anatomy lesson, let's just all agree that something fairly large enters the world through a rather small passageway. Is that tactful enough? It can't be comfortable for mom and it can't be comfortable for baby, right? To give birth is a picture of discomfort. And Jesus loves us. He shows us he loves us by being willing to be experience discomfort so that he can connect with us. He wasn't born to royalty and laid in a crib in a palace wrapped in a baby blanket. He was born to poor people, laid in a manger in a stable wrapped in swaddling clothes. And as he grew and he lived his life, he was willing to experience discomfort for you and for me. He was willing to experience discomfort from being ridiculed and falsely accused. And then he was willing to experience discomfort as he makes his way to the cross, as he dies on the cross for me and you. And certainly discomfort is too mild a word to describe how he loved us. And so if he was willing to be discomforted to be with me, am I willing to experience discomfort to have a relationship with him? So for me, comfort is sleeping in. Discomfort is waking up early before the day starts so I can spend time with him. Am I willing to be uncomfortable so that I can have a relationship with him? For me, comfort would be staying at home on a Sunday morning, relaxing, not a care in the world, on the couch, just chilling out. Discomfort would be gathering everyone up, getting them ready so that they can come to church on a Sunday morning. So am I willing to experience discomfort so that I can have a relationship with God? Comfort is me doing what I want, when I want, and how I want. Discomfort is me yielding from what I want to do to doing what God wants me to do. And that's how Jesus lived his life. 
It says in Matthew 8, 20, that foxes, Jesus speaking, foxes have holes, birds have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. It wasn't a pathway of comfort. Jesus says, listen, I'm not doing my own will. I'm not doing what I want to do. Jesus says in John 6, 38, I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but to do the will of him who sent me. And then we connect that to John 14, 15, and Jesus says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. He doesn't finish off by saying, and it'll make you feel real comfortable. It's hard for us. We live in a time in the history of the world where we have this entitlement to comfort. We live with more comforts than anyone in the history of the world has ever lived with, from indoor plumbing to the cars that we drive, the heat that we experience, all of it, never before in the history of the world. So what that has produced in us is this just, like we are hardwired to think that we deserve comfort. So if I'm gonna follow Jesus, he ought to make my life comfortable because that's how we live. It's just embedded in us, but we have to resist that and understand that if I obey his word, there is no promise that comfort will follow directly. We have the hope of heaven, certainly. It means that it, comfort might look like, well, I love you. Do you love me? Yeah, I love you. Okay, then we'll just experience the sex that is reserved for marriage now rather than wait and to follow and do it God's way. That would be more comfortable, wouldn't it? Or you could say, well, you know what? Because I want to obey God, because I love God, because Jesus says, if I love him, I'm going to keep his commandments, and I'm going to wait and hold that sacred act until I'm married. You know what love looks like? It means like you're around all those coworkers, and they're gossiping and backbiting and backstabbing people, and you're hearing all that gossip happen. You know what love looks like? You want to connect with God? You want to have a deeper relationship with God? Then you walk away from that, and you don't participate in that gossip. You want to connect with God and have a deeper relationship with him. You don't understand why you're not growing in your faith. Well, then maybe you need to take heart to words that you're on this path of comfort and you're not actually yielding your will to his will. You're actually just doing what you want to do most of the time. And maybe it is if you give until it hurts and if you give until it's discomfort, then that might be the spot in which you really develop this relationship with God because you're saying, I love you so much. I'm willing to express it, not just say it but live it through a lifestyle of obedience to you? Am I willing to experience discomfort so that I can connect with him? Am I willing to experience discomfort so that I can connect with others? What's comfortable for me is for me to spend time reading God's word on my own, to pray on my own, to do my own personal spiritual development. You know what is like discomfort? To think to myself, oh, I'm supposed to make disciples. I wonder if I should be reading the Bible with someone. I wonder if I should be praying with someone. I wonder if I should be walking alongside someone else in their spiritual development. But it's real comfortable just to focus on my own personal spiritual development. But you know what? Discomfort is probably what we need to be uh, expecting as we live a life of obedience and love to Jesus. Just think of Mary, pregnant with Jesus, this sweet young girl, never been pregnant before. And she goes to her cousin Elizabeth and she says, Elizabeth, I have the Savior of the world in my belly. And I'm not sure I'm doing things right. I've changed my diet. I cut out all the lunch meats. Still... I am experiencing great discomfort. Am I messing up the savior of the world inside my belly? I have such discomfort. And Elizabeth smiles and looks back at Mary and says, oh, Mary, discomfort is a sign that you're doing everything right. You are supposed to expect discomfort with your pregnancy. 
So maybe we ought to expect some as we love Jesus and as we love others. And then finally, I'll close with submission to the swaddling clothes. The baby who's vulnerable is laid in an uncomfortable manger and then wrapped in swaddling clothes. And I think that's a picture of submission. Submission is accepting or yielding to a superior force or to the will or authority of another person. So in case it's been a while since you've been swaddled or swaddled someone else, here's what you do. You take that baby and you put its arms along its side and you put its legs side by side and then you wrap it as safely as you can, but you restrain and constrain the baby's movement so that it can't move and you're trying to recreate the comfort of the womb and as that baby is restrained, sometimes it fights it at first and then it begins to submit to the blanket and eventually it finds peace and rest within constraint. Jesus, all-powerful God, loved you by submitting to the swaddling clothes. Jesus loved you by submitting to Mary, his mother, and Joseph, his earthly father. And Jesus loved you by submitting to the will of his heavenly father. As we've already said, he came not to do his will, but the will of the one who sent him. Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 to 8 say this, Have this mind in yourself, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient. He humbled himself by becoming obedient, by submitting his will to the will of the Father. He humbled himself by becoming obedient even to the point of death, even death on a cross. Jesus demonstrated his love for you through submission, through submitting to the swaddling clothes, and by submitting to death, even death on a cross. God was willing to submit so that he could connect with you. Are you willing to commit uh, to submit so that you can connect with him? Are you willing to pray like he prayed, not my will, but thy will be done. Are you willing to live that way this week? Not my will, God, your will be done in my life this week, in this scenario. Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. So am I willing to submit this week and not just say, oh God, I love you, but to submit to him and what he says I should do in this scenario because that will show him that I love him because we don't actually learn to love by saying love, but by experiencing it. And then am I willing to submit to others around me? Submission isn't a popular word in our culture today, and you should probably expect that there are some words that we use that aren't gonna be popular in the world today. Submission is one of them. But you know what we have to do? We have to look at the scriptures. We have to see verses like Ephesians 5.21 that says, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. And we have to deal with the fact that, you know what, we are, we're Christians, we're called out ones, we're called out from that society, and into this space, we are called to submit to one another. So how are you going to submit to someone this Christmas? How can you love someone this Christmas season and express that love, not by saying you love that person who's at that family gathering, but by actually demonstrating that love by submitting. What's the scenario that's gonna play out for you where where you have the power, right? You have the authority, your position is more logical, and you have more life experience, and you know what, actually, you're right and they're wrong, and yet, you know what you can do sometimes in those situations, is you can submit. I'm right, yeah, you're right, you are right, you're correct. 
But can you love that person by submitting to them even though they're wrong? Can you love that person by submitting to them even though you know that your position is so much more logical than their position? Can you express love to that individual by submitting to them, not just telling them you love them on a Christmas card, but bringing them into your home and showing them, letting them experience what love feels like as you submit to them? Let's love one another this Christmas season as Jesus has loved us. As a baby, a vulnerable baby, he showed us his love. As an uncomfortable baby in a manger, he showed us he loves us enough to experience discomfort for us. And as a baby laid in a manger in swaddling clothes, he showed us what submission can look like. We learn how to love not by being told to love, but by being loved. So I'm not going to close the sermon telling you to go out there and love God and love others this week. I'm going to hope and pray that as we close this sermon, you might respond with a willing spirit this week to embrace vulnerability, discomfort, and submission and love others because he first loved you.